The following podcast features discussions of an adult nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. My name is Forrest. My name is Lauren Victoria. So before we get into our special guests, because we need the full fucking hour to talk to this person, <laughs> um, I want to just say, Lauren, you're celebrating something very special today. What are you special celebrating today? I am. I am celebrating my 27th birthday. Oh, yes. Uh, Yay. Uh, it's crazy, right? I keep telling everyone I'm almost 30. I'm almost 30. I'm almost 30. I don't know. Each year, I keep waiting to feel like an adult, and <laughs> it never happens. Like, uh-huh. Because I, I tell you, last night, I whined and complained until my mom made me food, and I do that a lot. Like, this, this, so I'm waiting. Like, the other day, I, I don't know what I was watching. I was watching, oh, freaking Dawson's Creek on Netflix, and I was like, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Um, I need to pretend I have friends during the pandemic. <laughs> I just leave him on his background noise. But I was watching Dawson's Creek and I was like, oh my god, they're... I'm 10 years older than they all were right now. It's it's fascinating, right? To see, like, periods of time when we were younger, now we're, like, their age or just a little bit older, and you're like, how the fuck do, did I, like, survive all Dude, of this? Dude, people our age are having children on purpose. <sighs> like... Stupid. <laughs> like they, they track their Stupid. they track their period in hopes that they'll get pregnant and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's no point. There's no fucking point. Oh. So happy birthday, Miss Lauren. Thank you. So I am gonna give you a gift. It's probably not a gift that the 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 person that I'm giving you is gonna be down for, but what I'm here for is I'm for the gift of giving. And of course, because we're talking about sex, I feel like it was only important that we needed to bring on someone. First off, I was not ever going to expect that someone of this magnitude was going to be on this damn show, but I'm here for it. So we're talking to the one and only Dallas Steele. Dallas, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to oh. be here. First and foremost, if none of you know who Dallas Steele is, I don't know where the fuck you've been. Get under that, get out um, from under that rock that you've been on. For- yes. So I let me say that the first time I was introduced to Dallas Steele, I was probably, it was like a clickbaity article where it was um, photos of Dallas as a news broadcaster. I remember that saying, article. And saying news broadcasters now become a porn star. And, I mean, it's pretty fascinating to, like, hear that story because how long has it been since you started in porn? Well, the the story's been told dozens and dozens of times. I can't tell you how many interviews. But (laughs) believe it or not, it's only been six years that I've been in the business. But I've been out of the television news business now for almost 10 years. Really? Uh, my, My last day on air was August 3rd of 2011. So we're coming up on 10 years pretty soon. That's fucking crazy. Time goes by fast. And I look at uh, all that's happened in, in porn in the last six years, and it's like, my gosh, as much as happened in six years has happened to me in 24 years in TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's been a whirlwind for sure. That's yeah. So yeah. I, I love, love that. that. So, so um, for, for those of you who have been listening, listening or have heard, heard the, the, the last several 
um, episodes we've done so far, we've kind of dug in more deep to about people's histories and what led them to sex. Today, I literally just want to talk and ask questions or have like an open forum between the three of us about sex and especially coming with Dallas who coming with Dallas or being in a conversation with Dallas about what it's like daily in porn I think it would be a fun conversation to have so um what was so I'm actually gonna start with this question because I just would I just want to hear it is what was what was the first scene you were in and what was what were your thoughts like were you nervous about it like what how were you feeling going into that first shoot day. I'm like yeah, fascinated well, here. The uh, the very first shoot was a solo with uh, Colt back when Colt was still producing oh. material. I was one of the last Colt men, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, congratulations. Thank Shit. you. Thank you. I'm still very proud of that. And it started uh-huh. with a three-hour still photo shoot. So uh-huh. uh, before we even got to the solo video, you were posing the pictures for three hours, which, mm-hmm. you know, I had been with a modeling agency in Dallas for 20-some years, and uh-huh. I had done the Dallas Cowboys catalog, the Dallas Stars uh-huh. catalog, I had done print stuff for the Army, a bunch of different still stuff, and mm-hmm. some of it, you know, pretty risque, but nothing completely nude, so the, the only difference with the still photos was being nude, and so that was mm-hmm. a little, uh, at first, you're like, okay, but after you take it off, then it just seems very much the same turn this way, flex this way, do this, do that, you know. Um, And then doing the video, um, the people who owned the home where we were up in Sonoma County in Northern California, uh, these two guys invited over 10, 12 of their friends to watch. And so it was my first time trying to perform, and you have the director, you have two cameras, you have a production assistant, plus you have 12 people watching. So no, no pressure, right? No, oh, you're no, out what? there just living my dream. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was, uh, you're quite right. I was, I was very nervous about that. Um, not so much about my appearance, but just about performance. You know, is, is that going to work? Uh, mm-hmm. am, am I going to be able to get off? Um, all of that goes through your head. And then the tertiary part of it is, uh, how do I look on camera? Am I flexing the right parts? Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, do I look fat? You know, you're always, all those things are going through your head as you're trying to do this. And as, as time goes on as a performer, uh, you learn how to block those things out. Mm-hmm. So you, you think that less and less as time goes on. But certainly in that first shoot, I was, uh, I was super intimidated by everything that's going on because there are a lot of people, for one thing. And then again, you're doing something in front of the camera that you're not used to doing. Uh, mm-hmm. Appearing in front of the camera was never a big deal, obviously, because I've been doing that for years. <laughs> but yeah. here you are naked, jacking off. It's, that's that's way different. <laughs> Just a little bit. Well, yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> Pup Amp, uh, Tyler Rush, who I did my first uh, duo scene with the next day, he was there on set while I was doing the solo, and he was very um, <clears throat> helpful uh, <laughs> in keeping things going. Uh, we, yeah. were make, we were making out in between takes, and... Uh, God love him, he really helped me get through that first scene. And so mm-hmm. whenever I've been on sets where other guys are doing scenes, even with other partners, if, if they're having trouble or whatever, I do what I can to help out. Uh, not that I mind, really. That's yeah. so generous of you. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I would, I've actually thought about just wanting to be a fluffer. I'm just like, you know what, you need some help. I, 
cuff it, bring it, it over. I'll help you out. all the time, and I, I tell people all the time uh, in more than 100 scenes, commercial scenes, I've never once encountered a fluffer. There was a movie in the late 70s by that name that they kind of created that mystique. And to the best of my knowledge, and everyone I talk to in porn, there's never actually been a fluffer. Uh, now, there are co-stars that help out and things like that, and I've heard of, you know, directors who cross that line and sometimes help out, uh, but I've never heard of that actually being a position. So I don't, I don't know if it, if it is. Is there a position on set where I can just feed you grapes? Because <laughs> that would be craft services. <laughs> I like I'll 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 pay you guys <laughs> to work there to work it. I love that. So within the past like couple of years, you've also kind of migrated onto OnlyFans and just for fans. What's the difference between them two? Obviously, like you get to pick for your OnlyFans who gets to be on those scenes, but what is what are some other differences that people might not realize going into that? Well, uh, initially I was just on OnlyFans, and one night when I was in New York shooting for Lucas Entertainment, um, mm-hmm. it was late at night and Michael Lucas and I were having a drink, and he says to me, he said, you know, if you're Louis Vuitton, do you want your handbags in just one store, or do you want to have a Neiman's, Saks, uh, Nordstrom, everywhere else? And what he said made, got through to me. And so uh, at that point, I signed up for Just For Fans, and I thought it would dilute the subscriber base to, to, uh, to OnlyFans, and it actually didn't. It augmented it. Now, uh, I've had uh, OnlyFans for four years now, and Just For Fans three years, and just for fans, subscription-wise, is still lagging behind OnlyFans, uh, but it's getting up there. Um, and it didn't take anything away from OnlyFans. And I think the, the two platforms in terms of functionality, um, just for fans, is a lot easier to use, in my opinion, and has more, has more features for promotion and for connecting with the, mm-hmm. with the fans themselves. OnlyFans, uh, things upload faster, um, it's got a much bigger subscriber base, so more people cycle through. Um, so it's all in what you're looking for. Uh, you know, I hear people all the time, I prefer Just For Fans. Great, I have that. I prefer OnlyFans. Great, I have that. Yeah. And there's, as I'm sure you know, there's a bunch of others out there. And I'll entertain business prospects from others to put movies on those too. Mm-hmm. But I think if you end up having too many services, uh, for one, it becomes a whole lot of work when you have five different services to post to. Uh, and the second thing is, I think after a certain amount of time, people are wondering, well, you have five different of these. What, what the hell do I subscribe to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in terms of the platforms, I mean, they do very similar things. The difference is in the functionality of the sites, really. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I, I found you originally on Pornhub. Oh, yeah. Um. But I, I have such a hard time not directly paying the performer. Yes, so I'm glad like, you do. I'll, I'll find someone. Because like, I've, I've been on OnlyFans for going on a year. I do, I mean, just for fans, I like the functionality of their website a yeah. lot better. But OnlyFans is so much easier, I think, to, to connect. And they really, people really seem to like, you know, well, supporting that on like and Twitter and Reddit. Um, when, when I see my commercial movies on Pornhub, Mm-hmm. and they've been downloaded in some Eastern European country and reposted, yeah. um, mm-hmm. that's, I'll just say it, that's called stealing. I mean, it feels like I'm literally taking food out of your mouth. That's, it, it's what it feels like. Yeah, and I, I, I remind people that, you know, if you mm-hmm. really 
like porn and really value porn, um, go to the pay sites and pay the performers or go to AEBN, which there are thousands of AEBN, AEBN sites, which is what I do. And you buy your minutes and then you have so many minutes to watch uh, among 15,000 straight and gay movies. Uh, yeah. And so that way, the performers, the studios, uh, yeah. all get a cut of it. Now, you can argue you know, that the performers don't directly get that because at this point we don't get royalties, but it keeps the studios in business and the studios hire us. Yeah, so in really that sense, you are supporting it. Now, down the road, um, as OnlyFans and Just For Fans has continued to explode, I totally see studios eventually having to share streaming profits with the performers. I've seen that. I've seen that on Brazzers, too. Brazzers is trying to really put their their streaming out there, and I think that's awesome. But to me, I feel, I feel like it's the same way like Bella Thorne tried yes. to capitalize on OnlyFans. If you already have that income, if you already have that stability, don't take it away from individual performers. Right. Like, you, you can't monopolize dick. Like, I, I don't understand it. Well, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens because COVID has definitely um, put more power into the performer's hands Absolutely. because studios for so many months, no one was shooting anything. So all the new stuff that was out there was only fans or just for fans. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, a lot of the studios that I work with in the last few months, we've been shooting stuff remotely for them from our home where the director mm -hmm. is on FaceTime. Nice. Have someone who, a friend of ours who shoots, and then when a porn star's in town, we'll shoot it whatever together but it's all done remotely um or it's a smart way to do it to be honest with you yeah or they just tell you what you want what they want with a different performer and you shoot it yourself and send it in and if uh they're confident in your work because they've contacted you in the first place they know kind of okay you're not going to give us a bunch of shit this is going to be mm -hmm. good mm -hmm. and uh so I i've got a fairly good reputation with a few studios to where um, they trust me and they know that what they're going to get will be worthwhile. Oh, I, I will. I will back that 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, nice. I, I, I like to, a few years ago, I was, I was, went through my little phase where I was like, I'm, what are all these kinks? What is that? What is that? And I just kept, I kept saying yes to things. And I was familiar with the term daddy in, in relation to like BDSM, but I remember going on to gay Pornhub and I was like, Oh. Oh, we just use daddy left, right, and center. Yes. But like... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I... It is... I wish I could give out trophies. Well, a lot of guys see daddy as a pejorative, and it really is not. I, I take daddy as a, as a great compliment. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, that means you're an attractive older guy. Yes. Mm -hmm. God bless America. Yeah, and I don't make any bones over the fact I'm, I'm 50. It's like, and? Uh, There's the reality. I, I feel like, yeah, it's reality. But I feel like I look great at 50. I feel like I'm the best I've been. Um, so call me daddy. I have no issues with that. So now, um, obviously, like, because of the way that, like, there was, like, clickbait sites that definitely, like, boosted you up a little bit. Do you find that, because people for a while were interested into a lot of the, like, bleach blonde, twinky, like, thin gays, not to hate on anybody. Right. And then, but then in recent years has started to change to where people are now like, I am finding older gentlemen to be quite delicious. <laughs> and so are you finding that because of that, 
it's helped you grow a little bit more in people and in your popularity? Well, I think that, that porn, like anything, is kind of cyclical, right? I mean, in the yeah. 90s, we had a lot of young twinks and the, 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 certainly the, the skeleton and bones look was in. And then I think as time has gone on, uh, the population that watched the twinks got older. And so they're looking at more men their age. But also I think it became, you know, I, I, you look at your parents at 50 and you look at people who are 50 today and it's a completely different thing. I mean, oh, yeah. 50 doesn't mean what 50 meant when my parents were 50. I look back and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I, I'm not them, thank goodness, and nor, nor do I want to be. Uh, mm -hmm. But it certainly has changed. And I think that's part of it, that the aesthetic of being 50 or even... Um, I have friends that are 60 that I feel like look way better than I do. Um, yeah, I'm like fast. I just, yeah. it's fascinating to me. Well, the aesthetic has changed, I think. And uh, so I have, I would say probably 40% of my fan base is probably guys 25 and under that love that. Really? Yeah. And then. I'm 28, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're close enough. We'll put you in. I'm close <laughs> enough. I will give you that. <laughs> and then. I will uh, give that. The, the other fan base is guys, daddies who like daddies. And mm -hmm. then there's a percentage of, of straight women in there as well. I, and I think too, it's because it's like the ideal, like type of like, I want this kind of husband. And you happen to be in that look of like, I, like straight women would be like, that is future husband there only to realize that that ain't never gonna happen. I'm gonna chime in, I'm gonna chime in as, as a woman who has sex with men. Um, we see these older men and we're like, he could fuck me in the cabin that he built me. <laughs> like, that was a type of... He's got skills. And yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's like, I, for the longest time, thought me being really into, like, guy-on-guy guy porn was so different. Like, I like I was the one with, like, the weird thing. And I talked to a lot of my other f female friends, and we're all like, no, we're all watching that. What are you talking about? Like, it's amazing. It's amazing. No, I, I get uh, notes from women all the time about how much they love this or that scene. And one of the things I hear from them a lot is that my scenes, whether commercial or my OnlyFans, always involve a lot of passionate kissing. I've, I've seen that. I, I will 100% back that up. I think that is why I love your OnlyFans a lot more because it feels so much more intimate. Yeah. It feels like I'm watching something I'm not supposed to be watching. Well, I always said with my commercial porn, my goal with whoever is my screen partner for the day is I want to be so into their head that for that day and that scene, I'm the only person that matters. And conversely, I want them to be so into my head that they're the only person that matters to me. And only about 40% of guys will let you in to that. Most mm -hmm. have this wall up where I'll try, but you can't get past that wall. They're, yeah. not, they're not going to be intimate with you, if you understand mm -hmm. what I mean, intimacy yeah, versus absolutely. sex. Yeah, and so you can't get past that wall, but times that you do, it's amazing. It's fucking amazing for me um, in terms of what we're doing, but it's also amazing in the finished product. You can tell mm -hmm. when two are really into each other and not just going through the motion. I'm, and, I'm over here thinking just how many times I've watched straight porn where it is them just literally going through the motions. Right. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now, and it's uh, and unfortunately it comes from a lot of the, the bigger studios where they're they're having to turn out more more frequently. But I'm just thinking about it like it's really just them going through the motions. Okay, turn over now. Right. All right, down there, and it's so artificial. Yes. Where it's like, 
I, I could be just masturbating with my eyes closed at this point. Like I'll tell you, um, <clears throat> I watch a lot of straight porn uh, mm-hmm. because I enjoy straight porn if it has a- Same here. I feel you. Yeah. Really? That's a thing? It is yeah. a thing, and I love oh. uh, and I love watching two attractive guys with one girl. That's hot. That's hot. Yeah. I yeah, I find it too because it's like the two dominant like alpha. Yes. With the with the one person, and it's just fucking hot. I don't know why. It's hot. I'm taking notes so I can seduce gay men. <laughs> <laughs> Still not gonna happen. Sorry, girl. People say, "Are you imagining yourself as the woman?" I said. I, sometimes I suppose I am. Are you imagining yourself as one of the guys? Sometimes because I'm I, I, I'm a guy having sex with another guy and a woman. Although straight porn uh, viewers see that differently. If you're a straight guy watching straight porn and there's two guys and a girl, they don't think that they're having sex with the guy. They think they're having sex with the girl. The girl but if she's yeah. in the room, you're having sex with her too. It's all three of you. Whether mm-hmm. you're actually touching him or not, you're there. Um, yeah. So when I, see, I I like those scenes because I think they're hot in that respect. But um, I grew up, I think like most gay guys, um, I grew up watching straight porn because that's what my parents had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's what was yep. available. And yep. so, yeah, and so you're kind of conditioned because that's the first thing that you saw. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's still a turn on to you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's my perspective on it anyway. And the third part of it would be when I watch straight porn, I'm not going to see anyone I know. I like that. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm watching a movie and it's someone I've done two or three scenes with, I just can't. Really? If, like, I know them to be all bottom and they're playing a top, I'm like, <sighs> this you know, where? Come on. Where? It's like, where yeah, in this scenario I just is this happening? Or they've got them playing this impossible role that just does not fit with who I know them to be. Even if they're doing a good job with it, I'm still I still have a hard time with it. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's just easier to watch straight porn where I'm not going to see anyone I know. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> just because it's more fun, more fun this way. Who have been, and this is no hate to anybody else, but who are like top three people? Like if they were to DM you like right now saying, "Hey, let's do a scene," you'd be like, "Let's go!" Like pants off, let's go. <laughs> who would be, be like, like three, three of those people? people? Well, I get asked that question all the time, and. I tend to give the same answer that Meryl Streep does when someone says, who, who is your favorite screen partner? And mm-hmm. she always says, well, they were all my favorites. Mm-hmm. And I understand the reason behind that because in porn, the likelihood you might be working with someone a second or third time is pretty high. It's a small mm-hmm. business. And yeah. I would hate for someone to walk in and say, uh, I saw that interview and I know you're not my favorite, but, and so yeah. that ends up in hurt feelings. Um, oh, but, but what I will say is, um, I have many favorites and um, some, uh, some near the top three, not necessarily the top three, would mm-hmm. be uh, Bruce Beckham that I did Blueprint <gasps> with, with Titan. Oh, God, I love him. Yeah. Oh, God, I love him. <laughs> Bruce, is, I love him. Bruce is wonderful, very, very sweet. Um, trying to think, who else? Uh, there, there's been so many memorable ones. Um, Austin L. Young with Fun Size Boys. Mm-hmm. Okay, tiny yes. guy. I don't know mm-hmm. how familiar you are with Fun Size Boys, but that's been my venture as of late. I've been doing a lot of work with Carnal Media, which has Fun Size Boys, Boy for Sale, and their newest concept is called Twink Top. Um, <laughs> it was kind of funny, uh, back in before COVID, I think it was February, I was out to shoot with them in Minneapolis, and I got off the plane, and he says, oh, uh, by the way, you're bottoming all weekend for twinks. <laughs> <laughs> 
have I'm fun. Sorry, could you repeat that one more time? I, I did not see that coming. I said it might have been good to let all the talent know that, but mm-hmm. yeah, me and uh, Dale Savage were there for like four or five days, and that's pretty I much. I love Dale too. Yeah, oh, Dale's oh, very man. sweet. He's a newer one that I saw, but he has like, he's got the like dad, like the daddy kind of like. Well, it helps in that he, to he him. is a real yeah. daddy. He has two adult children. He was married for years. Um, mm-hmm. And Dale is uh, is about as straight acting as you can get <laughs> in terms of, um, you know, he thinks nothing of uh, farting around the house. <laughs> he, thinks nothing, <laughs> he thinks nothing of, uh, he always has baseball or football going on his phone. And mm-hmm. he's, he's very straight acting, but super, super nice. I love that. Can I just say, too, I actually just saw, because you brought it up, Boy for Sale, you did a scene with Wolf Legrand, as I think his name, and I forget who the name of the bottom is. Um, It's probably Austin L. Young, or the other one in uh, Boy was uh, Marcus Rivers. Okay, because the scenario was it was was Master Legrand's twink, but then you're like, I'm here for it, and then you, it, it, it was a fascinating but i love his concept in that video was um obviously the concept is boy for sale where these older men um sell boys to each other for fun for a period of time and Mm so um austin and or marcus depending on which of them you saw uh was my boy and i had sold him to legrand and Mm -hmm. before i'm leaving the scene legrand says will you join us and so uh during the course of the scene um, I'm at one point um, on my back, and then Marcus is on top of me, and I'm fucking him, and then Legrand is fucking me all at the same time. So uh, this is this is this is the things that I will dream about. Later. <laughs> it was, uh, and I I told um, I told Legrand when I first met him, I said, Oh my gosh, I've seen the equipment. I said I, w- I want to try that sometime on the bottom side. And he's got to thinking, he's like, well, we've never done that before, but we could probably find a, make, a way to make that work. Mm-hmm. And that was the genesis of that scene. Um, awesome. That he, that he thought that up, but how we could, and it turned out, it's like, I see the clips on Twitter because people repost them all the time. I'm like, yeah, that was, that was hot. Oh, yeah. Well, because you have that muscular figure that auto- people would automatically just be like, oh, he's like dom, top, daddy, like left, right, and center, would never fucking bottom. That's a lie. Right. Oh yeah, because you're because you're first, so, so you, you wouldn't be able to, able to do anything. anything. So yeah. it's like here, I'm, I'm here, here for it. it. No, and Breaking I, I think that, that um, people generally stereotype big, tall guys as automatically all top, and mm-hmm. it's been my experience and probably a lot of experience, a lot of people's experience that that's rarely the not the case. Yeah. yeah, I mean that old saying: the bigger they are, the more bottom they are. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I li- don't get me wrong I like to top as much as I like to bottom but mm-hmm. I don't like being put into a box where mm-hmm. people say that's you're this or you're that I mean mm-hmm. given the particular guy and the particular moment who knows I might go either way okay yeah. so is there what type what types of guys have you not had the the ability to have scenes with that you're like I just want to have scenes with these kinds of these kinds of people Hmm. Well, I'll tell you, um, there are a lot of guys in Europe that I would love to do something with, uh, scene-wise. Oh, Tim Kruger? T- Tim is one of them, yes. Oh, oh yes. God, so, so beautiful. beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Massive, uh, massive weapon. weapon. Diego Barraris is another one. 
Okay. Several in, in Europe that um, I have, I see their, their Twitter and I will screenshot their Twitter and I have an actual file for when I visit Europe. Ooh. Beautiful. <laughs> it's the smart. The dick Rolodex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> and, and I have done, um, I was in uh, Spain for Minute Play three years ago and did three movies with Minute Play. Um, okay. But that's the only thing I've ever done in Europe. And I've even offered to get myself over there if studios are willing to commit to shoots. But I guess they've had too many people flake because none of them will do that unless you are in the country at that moment. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't quite get that, but um, none of the studios in Europe now are flying people over anymore. It's just yeah. too expensive. Even before yeah. COVID, they had stopped that because it's too much money. You're talking yeah. about $1,200 to fly someone over and then all the money for planes and the, the hotel, and it just gets crazy expensive. It's, mm-hmm. it's much more efficient for them to use someone who's local. Yeah, that, that makes, that makes to- I, I totally understand that. So... Another interesting question that I asked someone who is mainly on OnlyFans that I think would be fascinating to ask you is if you had the ability to create, just imagine, you created your own, you got to build your own set, your own like studio room thing that was dedicated to literally just filming all kinds of scenes, like what would you want to have in that room? I kind of have that room already if you've seen some of my only God videos. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have a full-size playroom with a sling and a bondage bench, or some people would call it a fuck bench because it's bolt. It has straps and everything on it, so does the sling. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus yeah. probably 60 or 70 toys. Plus I oh. have four different nice jack-off machines. Um, nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the latest of which is a... Um, thing called the Sirius Kit. It's actually a human milking machine that is made by a company in the UK um, okay. that is was actually a goat milking machine that's been modified for humans, and the cylinder is the part that's been modified. Um, huh. But cra- crazy expensive, like $1,400, but definitely worth it. Um, yeah. And people who, who see it always say, oh, well, you've got that, and You've got a fuck machine. It's like, why would you ever need to leave the house, right? In this pandemic, you're totally fine. <laughs> Quite honestly, it's like if you, um, you know, if you're in the mood, you could get in the sling and set up the fuck machine and the milking machine and be there for a couple hours. It's like, well, what else? What else do you need? Have some porn up. You're good. It's yeah. not a bad way to spend an afternoon. I've, I have a pretty well-equipped playroom. Now, the downside to that is uh, you don't want to use that in every movie because it gets old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gets into a formula to where, okay, you kiss, you're on the fuck bench, and you're in slang, and you come. And it's like you want to be careful about falling into a formula. So mm-hmm. sometimes we shoot outside in the backyard here in Palm Springs. Uh, mm-hmm. As we speak right now, it is 86 degrees. Um, Perfect temperature for getting pounded, pounded out. Yes. Like, why not? <laughs> Actually, a little on the warm side. But most of the time, I mean, we're, we're, we can be outside through about – January before it gets too cold to shoot outside. Nice. So, and we have a very private backyard, so that helps. Um, mm-hmm. We've shot sometimes in the living room, sometimes in the bedroom. It's like you've got to mix it up as best you can. What I don't mm-hmm. care for much is um, this business of like shooting in plain restrooms or something like that. Uh, a lavatory, I'm, I'm such a big guy, a lavatory I can barely fit in to start with. And mm-hmm. the second thing is I, I would feel 
uh, just crazy paranoid that I was keeping someone from using the restroom. Yeah, so I, I get that. The guilt, <laughs> that's so considerate. I appreciate that. The guilt that. from that would eat me alive. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything in a, in a, in a restroom or anything like that or anywhere where it might be illegal. Um, yeah. I think that there are plenty of places to shoot where there's no problems. Uh, why do we need to do something that's going to piss people off and bring mm -hmm. bad light to the industry? It already, gets, it already gets a bad rap as it is, but there are plenty mm -hmm. of safe places to shoot sex. You don't, you don't need to be you know, uh, occupying the restroom at Grand Central, Grand Central Station or, or whatever. There's, there's good mm -hmm. places to go. What is yeah. what is on the surfaces of the restrooms at Grand Central Station oh would be would be enough to keep me uh, from even thinking thing about, about it. an aircraft lavatory? When I go in there, I do my very best not to touch anything. You don't have to touch like, my yeah. houses. Why would you want to touch anything? Yeah, in there? and I, I see these guys going at it in the in the restroom on a plane. I'm like, mm, no, mm, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. So, if out of all of the places that are currently in where you usually shoot, what do you find kind of is the like, like the hot, like hottest or like this, like sexiest place you're like, that would immediately get you hard being like, oh, I like film there that gets me all hot and bothered. I would think like a pool. I, for some reason, I don't know why pool always gets me all hot and bothered. I'm like, I just want someone to come at me here. This would be great. Actually, so like what underwater. I've never, I've, I've, it's, it's, I don't, and I've never tried it. I, I don't know what the appeal is. Two words, silicon lube. Oh, for sure. Oh. Uber lube underwater or the pure gel yes. underwater? God bless. That has happened at some of our pool parties um, underwater. And I think it would be fun to shoot part of it under there. You'd have to have a special camera, obviously. And mm -hmm. I've seen, uh, Raheem has done some underwater stuff that mm -hmm. has been beautiful, but you definitely would need a special camera for that. Mm -hmm. I, I think that'd be fun. And there's been a couple that uh, Falcon has done in the last year that were underwater as well that I thought were creative. Mm. I love yes. that. I, yeah. I need to, as far I need as to fuck around more places, often. Though, it's like, I don't know, um, like sometimes we'll put just moving blankets down on the lawn in our backyard and if it's a hot day and you're both hot and sweaty going out on the moving blankets, that's pretty hot. I like that. Mm. That's okay. so sweet. I hear that and I'm like, that's so romantic. I love it. <laughs> Cut to then you just like screaming and moaning, yeah, harder, harder. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where the grape girl would come in handy. Our neighbors are gay, so I think they have a, a pretty good clue about what's going on. If Cute. they haven't ever peeked over to try to watch, but we have a very thick hedge. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm betting anything. There's like a hidden camera there. They're like, oh, well, Downs is filming something. Time to whip it out. Let's go. Yeah, that is probably, it's probably streaming somewhere. Oh, God. Oh, my God. But it's like the behind the scenes, you know? Yes. They're like, oh, I'm missing something. And they're, and they're like the behind the scenes of what it's really like to film uh, porn. I think different performers put different amounts of effort into OnlyFans. Uh, mm -hmm. I put a great deal of effort into mm -hmm. it in that um, we try to find different locations at the house or sometimes go to their house. Um, I have a full light kit. You can see the light I have set up here. Um, Love it. I, I shoot usually with two iPhones ten, iPhone 10s. One is a static camera that's kind of on a wider medium, and then the other camera is whoever is shooting it uh, on a gimbal. Um, mm -hmm. So um, I, I'm very – I want to produce good stuff. 
uh, and so I'm, I'm very aware of, of the lighting and the setting and how it looks, and that's very important to me. Likewise, what you wear into the shoot. Um, mm -hmm. I like starting with shorts and a t-shirt or pants, and then working down to a jock strap, and then a nice, after a lot of kissing, a nice slow tease to where maybe one guy removes the jock with his teeth off of the other oh. guy and lets it pop out, or you know maybe you start with some rimming and the other guy uh, turns around and has a big heart on it, slaps him in the face. Just something creative and different. Yeah, just um, something you know, and, simple. And, and I think you know, OnlyFans like anything else, if you're like me and you produce one a week, and you mm -hmm. have for now four years, uh, mm -hmm. what, that's 400 scenes, um, it starts Man. to get a little bit into a formula, and you mm -hmm. have to be super aware not to get stuck in mm -hmm. always doing the formula. And one of the things someone told me, they said uh, in one of my videos, uh, your videos are unpredictable. And I said, in what sense? And he said, well, we all know whoever goes down first is the one who's going to bottom. I said, where is that written? And he said, well, in every commercial porn, that's the way it works. Who says? Mm -hmm. why, can't, why can't the top blow the bottom first? Where, where does that rule come from? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but commercial porn has all these silly unwritten rules about how it has to be. And I think mm -hmm. uh, performers doing their own OnlyFans is kind of helping to break some of those rules mm -hmm. because like I'll pair with combinations of guys that um, studios would never consider, um, mm -hmm. people who they would never put together. And sometimes it really works. Mm -hmm. um, and I think studios probably have something to learn from watching our OnlyFans in that you, know, you don't have to always do things the way they've always been done. Um, it's good to break out of that box. So my question then, do you feel that like, like um, the traditional gay porn star archetype, like body type, is now changing because of stuff like OnlyFans where we're finding, we're getting dad bods, we're getting people who are not completely built. Is that changing? And do we think that at some point everybody's going to at all in agree, not at all at the same time, but after a period of time are like, I'll just hook up with anybody and this like body shaming is going to right. slowly disappear. Do you think that that may happen? Well, um, I should probably preface all of this with something very important and that's that I would hope that we're seeing more people of color. Uh, yes. That we're seeing uh, more people um, uh, definitely of, of different races. I hear all the time from my friends that are, that are Asian that it's almost impossible to get hired in porn. Mm -hmm. um, I hear all the time from my black friends that they too often get pigeonholed into a particular type role. Yeah. Um, although that's changing. I, I have to mm -hmm. say that is changing, but it's still mm -hmm. there. Uh, mm -hmm. And what I hear from my Asian friends is that uh, you'll get hired uh, Asian if you look Latino. That's what they say. Uh, that's so, fascinating. Puzzle, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but on, on my OnlyFans, I, I'm really proud of the diversity we have in, in race. Uh, there's, mm -hmm. there's a little bit of everything on there. And mm -hmm. like one of, the, one of my favorite uh, Asians of recent, in the last six months, he was, told me, he's like, I'm only a top. I'm like, okay. And people were stunned. It's like, oh my God, you're getting fucked by an Asian. And I'm like, yeah, and, and? is there something wrong <laughs> yeah. with that? You know, and it was great. I love that. It was one of the one of the best <laughs> recently. And I think that's what I what I've loved seeing um, from OnlyFans creators is they're 
they're highlighting their friends of good other performers of color without fetishizing right. them. And that's that's new. I'm I'm a I'm a thick ass girl. And watching porn and trying to find a woman that looks like me without her weight being in the title of the thing right. kills me. You mean so without them like, saying big girl or something like that? Yeah, and it's just like, why isn't it just like girl that likes to get fucked gets fucked? Right. Like I. Mm -hmm. Well, and I have a thing where at least once a month I have like, I call it the fan fuck. Mm -hmm. And it's not a porn star. It's not a physique model. It's just a regular ordinary guy maybe with a few extra pounds maybe not maybe Hi, they I'm have, right here <laughs> maybe they have a weird uh, body hair pattern or you know maybe there's just something about them that people wouldn't conventionally find attractive conventionally mm -hmm. find attractive and um, I, I those movies do really well because people want to indulge in that fantasy people want to pretend yeah. that's them Mm -hmm. And I think people also want to know that um, you're you're okay with who they are. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's it's very validating. Yes, that's that's part of it. And mm -hmm. so um, there's there's a mix of that in there. And people are like, well, what kind of guys do you like? Well, breathing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. If they're dead, then there's a a, a bit of a, an issue there. Yes. We... Well, I, I think a recent mm -hmm. pulse is good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I Is the body still yeah. warm? Yes, but no, I have, I have all ages. I have, I mean, the youngest person I have on there, I think, is nineteen, and the oldest is seventy-two. Really? There's who is the seventy-two-year-old? A, a guy who lives here, who is actually a uh, a bodybuilder, still competes. Believe it or not, at seventy-two. I that love that. Man. Yes, yeah. I can't even get off the couch. And he looks like he's maybe fifty. I mean, he looks wow. awesome. Um, Jesus. So from, you know, 19 to, to 72, uh, black, Asian, uh, Indian, and, and that's a hard category to find. You don't get many that are willing to go on camera. Um, yeah. But uh, I like that there's a variety. And when people say, you know, if I subscribe to your OnlyFans, am I just going to see uh, you with twinks, you, you topping boys all the time? I'm like, no, there's everything on there. Um, and there's something to be said for the people who have a niche, and there's a lot of people with OnlyFans who focus on mm -hmm. one area, and mm -hmm. you know if it works for them, that's great. But I like the idea of having a lot of diversity, so whoever comes to the table, there's something that they can enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think that that also helps in terms of subscriptions, if people oh, see a lot of different content. Mm -hmm. So uh, something that I, really do i i obviously wanted to talk about because i had just recently discovered this so you had been in a relationship with taylor he's boy steel on instagram and twitter yes um but recently i think it's recent you also you brought in a third well not terribly recent um, it's it's uh publicly fairly recent but um the three of us have been together five years and then um, before that, Taylor and I uh, were together uh, one year before. So six years for me and Taylor, and then five years for the three of us. Mm -hmm. And then when we, when Taylor and I moved to Palm Springs two years ago, uh, we all moved in together. So we've all been living together about two years now. Interesting. So what, um, were you always someone that was very much into having a, you know, a thruple or polyamory, or was that something that was more as you were c going with time? Well, um, 
My, my late partner, Kelly, who passed in 2014, we had uh, a third for about a year and a half, and mm -hmm. it worked really well. Um, the only reason it ended is that we had to move and he had to move and there was no other choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it, it worked well, and so when this came around um, and I met the, the, the newest partner, I went to Taylor and I said, you know, how, how do you feel about this person? Would you be okay with us all being together? And uh, it turned out that he um, very much liked him. Um, the thing I also should explain though is we're kind of on the Mormon model in terms of uh, the two of them are not romantic or sexual. Um, so it's kind of like a triangle. I'm at the top and they're both the here. Yeah. Okay, and, interesting. And so um, I both have a romantic and sexual relationship with each of them, but not they're not with each other. Okay. But, but yet, huh. um, we still function as a family. We still all go on vacations together. And, <laughs> That's so sweet. And, and, from, and we, have, we each have a, a date night with each other, and then we have a date night as the three of us. I uh, love that. Per se. It makes my little gay heart so happy. Aww. <laughs> well, and, and, I just, and I won't oh, say sorry. it happens often, but every once in a while, usually when we're on vacation, if I happen to meet someone who uh, I want to hook up with, and if they're amenable to it, um, sometimes it's become a four-way. That's happened before. Okay. Um, they, they still don't interact in a sexual way, but we'll all be playing together, which is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Family, you know, the family plays together, stays together. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> right? I feel it. Yeah. I feel it. But we, so, we, we oh, mostly sorry. function as a family. I mean, grocery shopping and gym and vacations, we all, we all do together. And certainly uh, holidays, we're always together for the holidays. That's so. sweet. I, I I've that. been separated from my husband going on about a year now. And I think that's my favorite thing that I'm learning as I get older and I move outside this like little cookie cutter thing that I had for my life is like, you can choose your family. Right. The family that you're born with is not the family that you die with. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I love, like, I love hearing about that. Cause I love, I, I feel like so much of the time we focus on like the only stories you hear about like polyamory or, you know, multi-partnered um, groups are like, they're so negative and they're like, well, aren't you jealous? Aren't you this? Aren't you that? And it's like, you can love multiple people. Right. It's people always want to make it about um, the sex, too. And for us, mm -hmm. it's not really a sexual thing mm -hmm. um, in terms of all three of us. Mm -hmm. uh, but people always want to construct it as, oh, you have two partners. You, you all must be having sex all the time. It's, mm -hmm. it's really not like that. We're quite, we're quite ordinary and boring, I think, <laughs> for the most part. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, but um, certainly we're all free to define our own families and, and make our own families, uh, providing that everyone in there is consensual and willing and happy. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. All of those things are great. And I, I certainly, yeah, I, I love our little family. That makes That's me so awesome. Because I've always thought about that. Because, I mean, first off, I've never been in a relationship in my entire goddamn life. Oh, no. Uh, coming up on 28. But who knows? Who knows? We have Logan. Who knows? Um, but I think, I think what makes me fearful about wanting to be in that is the idea of jealousy that's right. what scares me the most mm -hmm. because i tend to like when i i'm passionate so when i find someone that i'm really down for i just want to love so much and then when there's a third then i start then my little jealous mind goes well what if they're just like totally into each other and not even into me 
and but I think that goes away with time once you start to figure it out on yourself. It goes away with time, and, okay. and, then, and there's also an element of self-confidence in it. I mean, I I always tell both of them, you know, if if you feel that there's something better out there and you think you can find a better deal, have at it. The the door mm-hmm. is open. I'll support you. I love that. <laughs> Just like yeah, uh, I'm not. I I I I don't think I'm a bad deal. Um, yeah, I've got a lot. I don't to think either. <laughs> <laughs> lot to contend with with porn and and all of that but at the same time it's like i still feel like i'm a pretty good deal overall and they're mm-hmm. a good deal as well um yeah that's, that's why sweet. i don't think that they worry too much about me strain because um they know that i'm quite happy with them um, okay and, and the other thing that's is so sweet. you know um jealousy wise um all of us are allowed to do whatever we'd like to do but mm-hmm. uh, rarely do we exercise it um, yeah, they very rarely ever play on their own, and honestly, um, I, the amount that I play on my on my own is maybe be ten to twelve times a year, if that on mm-hmm. my own. The rest of the time, it's shooting content or uh, if I'm traveling somewhere, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's not like I just have random hookups over the house all week. It, it doesn't yeah. work that way. I mean, you still have the boundaries and respect of, yes. of being in a, in yes. a committed relationship. Well, that would be if, if your partner is uh, done for the day and it's an evening and you're together, it would be inappropriate to say, mm-hmm. oh, I have someone coming over to fuck. Absolutely. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. And, yeah, but, I totally get that. But I mean, I... there are times when I'll say, you know, such and such is in town. They don't want to shoot, but they would like to have fun. Um, are you okay if I went over to their hotel or whatever and did this? And they're always okay with it. I mean, uh, as I said, it's about confidence, and they know that I'm coming back. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're coming back to you. Like, you're going back to them. So, you know, that jealousy, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's always been my thing is, like, people have this idea of, like, oh, they may leave you. But I'm like, if, you're, if we're being completely honest, right. you're going back to them so they have nothing to worry about, you know? Yeah. And in the totality of things, I mean, a, a sexual experience, someone may have an amazing body, they may have a huge dick, they may have a great ass, whatever. Um, but I look at relationships as like a big spreadsheet. I know this sounds clinical, mm-hmm. but it, it really isn't. And yeah. there are all these different elements from the intellectual side of the person to the personality, to their values, to their attitudes about things, their work ethic. Um, and you can just go down the line. And then the physical stuff is in there too. But mm-hmm. if, you, if you assign a score to every one of those things, then the score with my, my partners ends up way higher than any score would with someone I'm meeting mm-hmm. for an hour. If that, yeah. if that no, makes absolutely. some sense. Yeah. No, and I think it's important too, especially like more recently in like the last like five years or so, for me at least, I felt it was important to, because I was always, I shuttered myself out. I just didn't want to, I was like a overtly sexual person with not wanting to feel dirty, but more realizing that it's not about dirty, but rather using sex as a way to discover your body and like what's actually going to work for you. Right. And then having fun. Cause you know, thinking about it too, like sex is it, it there's obviously a lot of emotional connection to it, right. but in the, you know, but sometimes it's never, it's fun to like push buttons mm-hmm. and see what, how your button pushing will affect someone else. Mm-hmm. Well, you know I'll, say, I'll, I'll say, you know, the things that usually studios have us do on camera uh, are some distance away from the things that I actually do privately to, to mm-hmm. get off. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They're two very different things. 
what a studio wants and what you may want personally, sexually, can be very different. Mm -hmm. um, but you're being paid. You're a performer. That's what you're yeah. there to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always think it's funny when performers complain and say, I won't do this, I won't do that, or uh, I'm not feeling up for that today. Well, you know what? You're hired. It doesn't matter. You do what you're within reason of consent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You do what you're asked. Um, I, I think it's unprofessional to come onto a set and start making demand. I mean, we, if we're gonna, if we're gonna, I mean, it's the, the, the retort that I, I always say is, you know, sex work is work. Yes. I, it's the exact same thing. If I'm an accountant, I don't get to go in one day and just like, you guys, you know what? I don't feel like reconciling those accounts today. Right. I'm, just, I'm not up for it. Yeah. No, yeah. You're there to do a job. You want your job. You want your pay. You want your benefits. You, you want, you know, food in your mouth. Yes. Do your job. Show up and do the work. Well, and the studios that I've worked with, they really appreciate guys who are easygoing, easy to work with, don't mm -hmm. complain. And that's, again, that's not saying if something truly is wrong or something doesn't feel good, you don't speak up. Yeah, it's it's about um, not bitching that they don't have Evian. It's about mm -hmm. not bitching that <laughs> uh, they don't have your gluten-free, sugar-free protein bar. Go get it yourself then. God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Spend yeah. $10 at Target, you cheap ass. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. or, do you find that those kinds of, do those personalities still exist? Yes. Or are they slowly being, are, but are they being phased out because now people are being more active about it and saying like, let's not hire this person because this is what we're going to get out of them? Or are they still just going to just keep casting these people because they know that it's what's going to get the views. Yeah, word, if you're difficult to work with, word does get around uh, pretty quick. Um, mm -hmm. Again, though, like you just mentioned, you have to kind of balance that with how popular they are as a performer and, you know, what a studio might get out of it. If, uh, mm -hmm. if they've got a, 120,000 followers, yeah. um, that's a big poll. And that's something mm -hmm. to be considered. On the other hand, though, if they come on onto your set and alienate everyone, oh, then mm -hmm. there's a price for that too. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. And, you know, my former boss at Titan used to say, "I don't care how hot you are. If you're a pain in the ass, um, next time I'll power you. you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've worked with some difficult. I have worked with some difficult directors for sure. Um, who were just crazy demanding behind or beyond all rationale uh, mm -hmm. to the point to where by the late afternoon or early evening, you just wanted it to be over, anything mm -hmm. to just get it over with. Um, that's, mm -hmm. that, that happens from time to time. Um, but by and large, I think the best directors are the ones that um, know your, your limits mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. a performer and God's sake, uh, know your limits as a human male uh, yeah. because men are limited in some respects <laughs> to how much yes. we can do for how long and how many mm -hmm. hours, uh, even even with medications. And it's like, there are limits. And mm -hmm. uh, All of our female listeners just nodded their head. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Uh, and, and sometimes uh, directors will just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And uh, after a certain number of hours, it's just not there. Yeah. Yeah. From from both top and bottom, you know, and sometimes the 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 limits are not respected. But I've had some really uh, exceptional directors. Um, I'll have to say Sebastian at Kink.com comes to mind. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He's incredibly good at getting the best out of you in every performance, 
And he's also incredibly respectful about mm -hmm. checking in with you all the time about how you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, not only does this hurt, does this feel good, but how are you feeling about this? Are you feeling yeah. good about this scene? How well, I feel like you kind of have to, especially if it's, you know, it's kink.com. Well, so you have to be careful. Say, everything I've heard about anyone that's worked with kink.com, any creators that I've, I've talked to, they've all had super positive yeah. experiences. And I think it's because with kink, the, the limits are very clear and your boundaries are very clear. And there's a difference between a director can understand your limits and boundaries or they can understand and respect them those are two very different right. things mm -hmm. well and, and kink um before you do a scene you sit down and you fill out a very lengthy questionnaire mm -hmm. about what things you're willing to do and what things you are not willing to do mm -hmm. uh, and those limits are always respected that they won't push you to do more than you've agreed to do that's great okay and even on set i mean they con constantly monitor safety I, I did a scene with uh, Michael Roman where we did a flip, and I was actually um, the sub in the scene with Michael Roman. And Michael Roman generally is the Definitely sub. Definitely not Googling things. that scene right now. <laughs> it's a hot but. scene, and we're both in leather, but um, I was suspended in rope for like two and a half, three hours. Really? And, um, wow. There, we had to stop like every 15, 20 minutes because I was losing feeling in my hands because I was hanging. And yeah. uh, they're, they're constantly asking, are you okay? Can you feel your hands? Are you all right? Um, so safety is a big consideration. And I also think that, you know, the best directors realized that if your performer is not feeling comfortable or not enjoying what's going on, that's going to show. People oh, are going to oh, see yeah. that. If it doesn't look fun, then people are going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I have two more questions. And then we'll get to the last one. And then we have our final question. So actually, two questions just in general. So because you mentioned kink has like this long list of questionnaires of things that you, you, are, you are comfortable doing and things you're not comfortable doing, what are the things that are not on the I'm not going to do, I'm not comfortable doing list? I'm like fascinated to know. Well, obviously, I, I, nothing with blood. Um, nothing okay. that um, causes me or others severe pain or leaves mm -hmm. a permanent mark. <laughs> um, I've done flogging and I've done some whipping and that type of thing, but nothing that's left a permanent mark or ca caused bleeding. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of a limit for me. Um, and the other thing I get asked all the time is, why, why don't you do water sports? Why don't you do water sports? Well, the answer is, and this isn't the first time I've said this, but I'm like 120% pee shy. So like I don't use, okay. I don't use a public urinal. And obviously it's not because I'm ashamed of the size or anything like that. I just have had that forever. And yeah. so water sports are kind of out of the question. Though, um, there was a movie called Stopover in Bond's Corner that I did for Titan about three or four years ago. And Joe Gage, the famous director, was, was uh, the, directing, the director on that one along with Jason Mark. Oh, I love Jason. Yes. Oh, I love and Jason. We, we were just outside of uh, Palm Springs. And uh, Joe, I opened up the script, and it's the first thing it starts with is me peeing along a busy highway. And I told Joe, I said, I'm not going to be able to do this. And he said, well, here, have these six bottles of water, and we'll go out <laughs> and give it a try. So I was standing on the side of the highway trying and trying, and cars are going by honking, and it's just, it was very intimidating. So then they decided, oh, no. let's pull up this hitchhiker. You're, I was a hitchhiker, and this guy was going to pick me up. And so the guy pulls up, and Jason was holding the camera on the driver's side, and then they had another camera at the back of the car, and I was on the passenger side. And so they opened up the door, and so I was supposed to 
you say, uh, I'll get in the car in a second, but let me, let me piss first. And so I'm trying and trying and trying, and finally, after a half an hour, I was able to go. But the secret was, I told Jason and the other guy in camera, and the other people were there, I said, I need everyone to turn your back. <laughs> as soon as they turned their back, I was able to go. And of course, they looped it from camera to camera, so it looks like I'm going for like five minutes. Uh, but people love that scene. It's like, oh, you, you did a water sports scene, kind of. Uh, but I peed. Really. There's a difference. Yeah. So <laughs> damn it, Dallas. We were literally compatible in every single uh, way up until so, this information came yes, to us. So that would be the one that I've and I, I've I've had the other way as as the sub. I've been peed on. I'm fine with that too. That works fine. Um, but who knows? Maybe down the road, I would hate to commit to doing it on video and then not be able to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I try very carefully not to overstep what my limits are. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is I, um, I fisted as a top on camera three or four times. I've never fisted as a bottom on camera. I've done it uh, in my personal life four or five times. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure I would commit to doing that on camera yet because I'm not sure that I'd be ready to do that yet. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But that's a possibility down the road. I, you know, unless it's pain or blood I would, I would, or anything with anyone underage, I would never say no. So... We hit the hour, man. We did it. That was ready? <laughs> yeah, it's been an hour. But I mean, I feel, I, I've always said this too. Like when you talk about sex and you're like fully getting into it, it like time flies by. Well, so, when you talk to other people who are just as passionate. Oh yeah, I love it. So the final question I have for you, and this is what we're going to leave it on. Dallas Steele, what does sex mean to you? Hmm. Well, uh, people who say sex isn't important in your life, I think, uh, that's disappointing because I think it is a critical component to our life. You look mm -hmm. at um, all of Freud's research and how so much of how we think and how we decide things and how we exist in this world um, it has some component of sex to it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, e even our basic decisions, you may not realize some of them uh, are sexually involved. So to say it doesn't matter uh, is, is false. To say it's everything is also false. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a whole lot more in the world than sex, and um, you know, I, my daily life is not 100% sex. I have two or three hours on social media every day an answering fans and promoting stuff, and then I go about my day just as anyone else would with chores to do around the house and pets to take care of and getting to the gym and all of that. Uh, so uh, again, I would say sex is an integral part of my life, but certainly not all my life. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Well, Dallas, thank you so much for coming on. Like, you have no idea how much this means for me to be able to talk to someone who I definitely am like, you can destroy this anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ju I'm just saying, I'll be the one fan of the month, you know, no big deal. I mean, I know um, it'll fall on deaf ears, but also same. <laughs> same for sure, Forrest. I loved my birthday present. Um, You're welcome. You're so welcome. <laughs> so. So thank you guys so much for listening to another exciting episode of Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. My name is Forrest. My name is Laura Victoria. And I'm Dallas Steele. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to always stay open. Stay curious. And stay coming. Bye, everyone. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to another exciting episode of Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. Have a question or topic suggestion we should cover? Send an email to comingpod at gmail.com. That's C-U-M-M-I-N-G-P-O-D at gmail.com. 
Don't forget to follow us on social media. Our official Instagram is at coming and other stuff. Come again soon. Bye.